0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit, Get Fit, Chat My PTs. This is the show where we talk with a wide range of health professionals about a wide range of topics. This week, me and Tom speak to someone who's not your traditional PT, like many we've spoken to in the past, but actually a yoga practitioner. We speak to Chloe Markham of the Yoga Revolution, an online yoga studio. She's essentially disrupting the yoga industry and talks us through how with the use of Jimi Hendrix, a chilled out vibe without most of the spiritual stuff commonly associated with yoga, she's created a really welcoming, barrier-free yoga studio that even by the end, me and Tom want to get stuck into. So yeah, stand by for some future YouTube content. We also hear how she got into the space, which involved the tale of a 200-hour yoga certification in Bali, a fear of koi ponds and absolutely no dancing. She also shows off some seriously impressive yoga moves, which if you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, you'll be able to see if you've not done so already. So yeah, with all that being said, let's get into this week's episode. (laughs) Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Hello. Hello, and welcome, welcome, Chloe. We are back with another chat with PTs episode, where we've got another guest on. We've gone, we've gone right out of our, uh, I wouldn't say safety zone, but we've gone completely out of who we normally talk to when we talk to sort of what do you what do you class them as, Tom? More generic PTs?
1: Um, basically cavemen, I would say, <laughs> people that pick up heavy fins, slam them down. Um, me lift heavy weight, and then yeah, pretty much that. Yeah. This is going to be, uh, yeah, right out of our comfort zone, isn't it? It's quite interesting. It's fun. That's
0: more interesting, right? Yeah, it'd be better. It'd probably be good fun for us because we'll be learning new stuff as well and hearing sort of different stories. it will be.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to knowing all the weird and wonderful ways I can bend myself. I I want to be like the Exorcist. I want to be able to turn myself into, you know, the the bit where she goes down the stairs at the end of the film. You know, I don't want really like to like turn myself into a pretzel, but it would be cool to, you know, freak out the kids on Halloween.
0: Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, well, that's one application of yoga. I'm pretty sure that's not how Chloe uh, sells <laughs> it to a, a client base. <laughs> you can look like the Exorcist.
2: Well, that's there's one, there's one way of selling it. I, I would say you need you need longer hair for that though, Tom.
1: Yeah, oh. cheers for that.
2: Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that. Straight nah. in the dig. I, I I don't know. I could be like maybe the Johnny Sins of yoga. I don't know. I mean, there's always a market. That's me desperately trying to justify going bald. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, this week we're chatting with uh, Chloe, who has started a Yoga Revolution, which obviously comes a yeah, back. Yeah, I've, I've the, tried. Uh, you've tried to, yeah. So it's a yoga studio, isn't it? An online yoga studio called the Yoga Revolution.
2: Yes, it is.
0: The reason I was drawn to it, I wanted to get you on, was just because how different it looked compared to sort of traditional yoga.
2: I nailed it then.
0: <laughs> it's got some. It's obviously got that. There's a, obviously we'll go into it more, but there's obviously that stigma, isn't there? And sort of people have a, a perception of what yoga is mm. um, and what it's for and stuff. And obviously we're gonna. You're going to talk about how you how you approach it, um, but before we get into all that uh, exciting stuff, Chloe, we like to start these episodes with something a little bit different. That's so what we like to really find out who you are on a deep spiritual level, and that is by establishing your top three. We're going to say gym slash yoga pet peeves because obviously this is not you're not a traditional PT. So what are your top three? Let's go number one.
2: Yeah, well, listen, when you asked me that, I was like, dude, the last time I was in a gym was about five years ago. <laughs> um so yeah there's not much gym well maybe one and actually I'll start with this my my number one um is kind of related to of course yoga classes but I suppose gyms as well and being in a car with someone or um when you have a guest run for dinner it's all it's relevant to all of this right and it is barely audible music or a terrible music choice That that is my number one. And so, so just to put that in context, as far as the yoga goes, there's been so many classes that I've been to and I've been almost, you know, next to the speaker. It's been a meter away and they have music on, but you're not quite sure what it is or Hmm. if it should be there. And look, if you're going to do it, you've got to do it right. I'm just saying you've got to do it right. If you're going to do music, for God's sake, please, please try harder.
0: I'm going to have a stab at the dark here, Chloe, and say that you are very passionate about music.
2: Yeah, I love, I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love, love
2: it.
0: I so yeah. get what you're saying there. So, like, in terms of... Actually, before I get into it, we explain it. I think, Tom, do you want to quickly explain the rank? Because we are going to rank your uh, pet peeves here, Chloe. But do you want to explain okay, the rank system?
1: Well, do you know what? I'm going to change this completely, Bill. You're going to change I'm it again. I don't I don't feel the RPC scale is, um, you know, appropriate. No. Um, Jimmy's got to stay buried. I, I think we should uh, be quite spiritual about this and make it the feng shui scale. Right. Yeah. So I think actually we should rate it as in 10 being really good. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's really feng shui. And one being like, do you know what? This is this feng shui is a bit shit. This is Fen shit. It's not feng shui, <laughs> Fen it's Fen shit.
0: Fen shit. <laughs> so we've got Fen shit at the bottom and feng shui at the top.
2: Can I just ask you guys, have you ever practiced yoga?
0: So it's right the only thing i do it's not really yoga there's a, there's a thing i do called Romwad, right and it's it's more of a crossfit yeah, thing heard of this. have you heard of Romwad? Yeah, yeah, yeah so heard it's like a, a daily thing i do i, I mean I've, I've been quite lax the last couple of weeks if i being honest but normally it's something i do at the end of the day and it's like a passive stretching routine basically they have like really calm music on in the background um and they'll just do some it's, it's, they do some stretching basically the long passive holds and that's kind of as far as i'd say i've been in the i wouldn't call that yoga yoga but it uses a lot of poses that are yoga traditional yoga poses yeah
1: compromising positions <laughs> compromise like that <laughs>
0: compromising positions.
1: i've so i've never personally done yoga and that's why the reasons why i'm really interested to do this episode is to learn more about it um i do work with someone that takes yoga classes and i do watch them um I might have done certain things that are kind of link to yoga, but to say that I've done yoga is just would just be me lying, you know. Things like breathing, etc., holding <laughs> certain positions. When I say breathing, Bill, you know what I mean. Then to do <laughs> diaphragmatic breathing, etc. Then have to chill out before I strangle someone, etc. I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, when I watch the yoga classes, I mean, one thing that it's nowhere near as easy or even relaxing sometimes is what most people would assume. I mean, some of these positions that people are put in is, you know, is quite impressive. It is quite impressive. I know we're going to kind of go more into that later, so I don't want to spoil it. <laughs>
0: yeah, but yeah, that's our exposure to uh, to yoga, Chloe. So probably mm-hmm. yeah. very little. I kind of guessed
2: with the feng shui scale.
1: Yeah, there's. A, I like to say we're an evidence based podcast, but usually we just like to well, it's kind of hint is in the name of the podcast. We like to just chat shit sometimes, and not all of it is going to be factual. <laughs> I mean, I, I was going to try and link uh, Star Wars mythology into yoga, and I'm sure there's a way I could do it, you know, by the default, et cetera. But for now, I'm just going to go with Feng Shui.
2: I really like the Star Wars thing, man. I, I think you'd um, you'd really get on with my teacher, Ian. He's into that big time. Is he a Jedi? He's a Jedi, yeah, <laughs> through and through. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like we just bought – yeah, okay, we'll – um. What, do we So we've got the feng shui scale, right? Okay, so that you're, you're, we'll go back to that pet peeve because I, I feel like we've just completely gone off, haven't we? So that pet peeve was music in general. So I think there was two parts in there. It was like too quiet or the wrong choice.
2: Well, yeah, and most often they come hand in hand, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. okay.
2: I mean, there's obviously a, a, you know, a whole conversation about music being too loud because you need to be able to hear your teacher. After saying that, I when we did own a studio in York and um, I did often... I often talk these raise the roof events, and uh, the volume wouldn't go higher for those. So um, you know, it, it it's worse at the other end of the spectrum, isn't it? When you can just not quite hear it, and when it's bad. So that's my number one hmm. pet
1: peeve.
0: Yeah, I get you. I mean, obviously, music taste is subjective, but I suppose when you're in a gym or you're doing any sort of physical stuff, there's obviously. When that it comes type to yoga,
1: though, would you say you do need like a, a specific type of uh, genre or music or ambience? Let's say.
2: Well, I think, yeah, I mean, most, most folks would tell you, yes, I suppose most yoga teachers would tell you, yes, it has to be a specific genre. Um, or maybe like an uh, an hour of whale music. <laughs> and I'm not saying <laughs> that whale music doesn't have a place, but, um, I just think you need to be a bit more creative than that. You know, like, um, yeah, the thing I think about, cause I'm a massive Lord of the Rings fan, you know.
0: Oh, yes. That's you absolute. know, the bit
2: when, um, <laughs> when Gandalf, is pulled down the, the mine by the Balrog. And yeah, yeah. Frodo and everybody is uh fighting off these arrows as they escape the mine. You know what what I think about that scene s- so often, and I think imagine if that didn't have a soundtrack. It would it be. You can make
1: and break it. Com- oh, yeah, wow. Completely.
2: And there's a whole it was industry. Very emotional
0: music, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: Completely. And I think there's a there's a whole industry, isn't it, dedicated to hmm. soundtracks. And I just think with yoga because it needs to be an experience you've got an hour to take someone from frazzled and like mentally just overwhelmed to a place of feeling better you've got an hour maybe an hour and a half to do that why would you not just utilize music
1: and if anything when we think about things like movie soundtracks etc they are composed specifically to get something out of us some kind of exactly. uh, emotion, etc. Whereas some music is literally just Crash Band Wallop sometimes. So I wouldn't exactly want trance music, you know, or even Norwegian death metal to a yoga class. But, you know, obviously I think uh, some kind of genre or just some kind of ambience. But, I mean, well, uh, I can see... You say, you
2: say ambience, Tom. My One of my favourite things to play in a yoga class is anything with a really good guitar solo. So um, Pink oh. Floyd and... Jimi Hendrix, uh, up there. There's a guy called something shoe. I need to remember. I can't, I can't think right now, but he's an amazing blues guitarist. As my mum would say, he's passed his grade three. And, um, somehow that just like, yeah, gives you the, the warm and fuzzies, you know?
0: I, I agree i agree with that because of them them solos you can just imagine sitting there like listening to it and it's it's, it's an experience in itself wasn't get it
1: lost in the moment
0: yeah you get lost in the moment and it's, it, i mean i'm sure you agree that when you're in some of these poses you need to get lost in the moment because because oh, really? <laughs> of the way they
2: is, I, I just feel like you guys need to try this oh my god i'm gonna send you a free trial or something you guys need to get involved
0: <laughs> that'd be great youtube content tom just you and me in some online yoga studio just just trying try to bend yeah. themselves in weird and wonderful ways it's, awesome.
2: it's happening. it's happening it's happening pink
0: floyd that sounds good but anyway let's Let's, let's rank this uh as pet peeve because um, we're on pet peeve number one. So, Tom, what are you thinking? Music.
1: So, for me, it's like music is an important part of exercise, no matter what the method of exercise is, whether it be yoga, weightlifting, etc. It can make or break a training session in general. But I'm, I'm trying my best to kind of move away from the weightlifting side of things because I know there is data to support that exercise can... Be improved through music, but I'm just thinking in regards to something like yoga. I actually think music would play a more bigger part in it. If I was to go to a gym and they was playing something too tacky or too generic, or just some or something or a complete opposite, where something just did not seem to go with yoga, then yeah, I could actually see that being quite shit. So on the feng shui scale, I'll say that's not very feng shui. You know, that's not. There's not enough force here, you know. I'm gonna go for three, so three out of ten. Yeah, music to me is a make or break deal. I mean, let's be honest like when we think about just gyms in general, usually one of the biggest complaints is oh, gym music, it's awful, and it almost seems like it's just like a general rule for every gym to have the most. Awful playlist available, and I feel like I feel like with yoga. Tom, people are going with the expectation of whale music, like you
0: said, Chloe. Like the people, that's their expectation. Whereas when they maybe hear a you know a banging guitar solo, be like fucking, ass is, this is Do amazing. you know
1: what? Um, funny enough, I mean, with what we what you saying about the whale music, uh, person that does the yoga class at the place I work at is usually it's on my morning shift when I get to work at about six a.m. So usually I've not been caffeinated yet; I'm absolutely dead. But I actually kind of like going in in the morning. And hearing her class happen just because of the music by itself. So yeah, music is a massive important part of it. And I have actually been tempted to like kind of sneak into the class by myself into the corner just because it looks like a good way to start my day.
2: You're so close, Tom. Yeah. You're so close to being converted to the
1: yoga. I know. I'd need to just take the leap. And I think a lot of people would be surprised at that because they just assume if someone's a weightlifter, they just, you know, lift weights and that's it. And I just think that's, yeah, quite ignorant for people to think that, you know, it is something I'm eventually going to step into and mm. start my day off right. Bowl of cornflakes, yoga, Jimi Hendrix, off I go. Whoosh. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah. Smash. I
0: like it. I like it. I've just realised as well we've uh, flipped the uh, Rankings scale like opposites, isn't it? Like we the, have, Bill. Yeah, so yeah, I'll say, I think three as well. Is your finish agree, way it's off? <laughs> it's, it is off. It's, it's, a big, it's a big part, I think.
1: Do you want to change it? Should we completely ruin the episode and change it? We could do the false. Is there a Lord of the Rings equivalent? So, Clive, you mentioned the Lord of the Rings yeah. earlier. I could see Bill gripping his chair because he's a massive Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah, I love it. Love it. It didn't go down too well when I criticised The Hobbit, did it, Bill? Well, look, I, ago.
2: The, it depends what you're talking about, though. If you're talking about the movie, The Hobbit, you've got to be joking. It's awful. It's awful. Sorry, I don't, Bill. Sorry, I'm not a fan because I don't want to digress too much, but no, it's it cat shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah That's I'm not really in the fight. Hobbit I'll tell you what Bill are you casting are you casting it into the oh, fuck what's it called what are you casting why is it in?
2: Mount Doom yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: fires,
0: mate.
1: yeah is this going into Mount Doom I'm going to edit that one snippet out of her saying it's awful,
0: and I'm going to put it on YouTube and be like, "Worst yeah. guest on the podcast ever." No, I'll be—I agree with you. It's—it's—it is obviously worse than Lord of the Rings. That's no question. I just don't think it was as bad. I think it was just the expectations were so good, and they—I think because they tried using so much of their own material, like they just made loads of shit up or like bulk stuff on, which wasn't in that area. They like whenever you go off the source material, like a Game of Thrones for example, when they go off the source material, it just absolutely goes downhill.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's the agreed. most
1: passionate I've seen you in ages. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> so Phil, right get back on track you I'm sorry is music going into the fiery pits of mount doom or is it going into bilbo baggins nice little shy house and just having a you know a cup of hobbit tea or whatever it is they drink well i don't think i don't yeah music's is it, it doesn't
0: deserve to get you know burnt in the in the fires no now, we'll no. keep we'll keep with the we'll keep the feng shui tom because we're gonna i'm gonna get confused myself here so i'll put it at number three um i'm actually really surprised how long we spent on music there it's a really good really good start
2: you're going to like the others because I don't think you're going to understand much of them. But, okay, my second one is, I'm going to say Sanskrit everything. So, yoga has this amazing, incredible history, right? It's thousands of years old. And I'm not ever saying that we should discredit that, or that we should ignore that, or um, not talk about the philosophy and the history of yoga. Definitely not. But, when you're in an all levels class, And there's beginners or people who are like, you know, six months into their practice or two years even into their practice. And the teachers, every pose is is that they're calling it out as a Sanskrit name rather than just the ordinary English name. I just think, come on, there's so much in a yoga practice to alienate people. And when you add a foreign language onto that as well, it's just, man, I just, for me, I just want more people to be able to access yoga and to enjoy yoga and to have, you know, um, experiences that benefit them and when you add layers and layers and layers of stuff that gets in the way of ordinary people who are just stressed out and need some help accessing it then it's just no i'm just not okay with sanskrit everything
0: No, I, you know what chloe you say we won't understand it, but i've straight away made a comparison to like the normal conventional gym industry where there'll be things like i don't know yeah latin terminology of a body part where someone will be teaching a movement and they'll just say all the latin words from the body part have you tried like the, externally
1: the, the, rotating at the, 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 the yeah. your humorous and yeah
0: yeah as and it, people have no idea what well, that it makes you sound smart it makes you sound like you're. it's great but the people who you're teaching who could be a beginner have absolutely no idea what you're talking about they get lost yeah. and they're like what what the fuck is going on and i can see that being the same as what you're saying yes it's good to know that if you're the teacher but cater to your audience and try to so try really? and make it more inclusive so yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. That's, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a good one.
1: It almost sounds like there's like a bit of an elitism there as well, possibly. Yeah,
2: I think, I think so. I think there's a lot, especially, I mean, there's like, I don't know if there's more yoga teachers than PTs, but I would hazard a guess saying there is. And I think a lot of them, um, and a lot of us, I've been through it too, have this kind of, uh and i suppose everyone who works in the sales has this um imposter syndrome right and you think you're not good enough or um you don't have enough to share or whatever and so you kind of make up for that by uh yeah like you said um bill coming up with the
1: yeah getting more technical about it
2: it. overcomplicating, overcompensating and it just it's just you know that's not what people need people don't need to know that you are trained in this that and the other and you're so amazing at understanding this and it, you know it's too much it's too much what we need to provide is a good experience for people regardless of their level and often that's going to mean that you do not prove you don't you don't call every no every pose by its Sanskrit name it's it yeah. restricts- frustrating you
1: know joe if you know every pta is currently listening to this i think you've just summed up our first year as pts where we do have that imposter syndrome and we try and compensate by we're desperate to show that we know it's almost like that, almost like the Dunning Kruger effect, where we try and we try to show off how much we kind of know in the beginning. But as the years go by, eventually, what starts off with trying to teach someone to do so. Once again, I have to compare it to like just traditional gym exercises, etc. A barbell row. You're trying to tell someone over oh, retract your scapula, bring it to your bring the bar to your sternum, stay in a hinge hip position as you do this. And now I just I've, I've got years down the line. Now I just go pull the bar to your chest. (laughs) But I mean, um, what you kind of said there as well, how like you want to kind of introduce it to everybody, but sometimes that elitism and and that overcomplicating of things gets in the way. Me and Bill often talk about like how we need to actually lower the barriers to exercise. Yes. And that kind of sounds like what you're trying to get out, which, you know, I, yeah, I I really respect that. We respect that. And it's good to hear that this is, there's other people like yourself, because to be honest with you, with yoga i wouldn't know where to begin and if i had someone using sanskrit or being overly complicated etc sometimes you've got to act like you're talking to the most dumbest person in the room as respectfully as i can put that you know and try and yeah these barriers to exercise by trying to was it a dean said before bill the kiss principle yeah keep it simple stupid
2: completely And and i think this it's it's so true i love that you guys have that um mentality as well lowering the barriers to exercise to movement to you know whatever it is and for me it's like hey you, you you lift weights amazing hey you're into yoga you're into pilates it doesn't matter like isn't it amazing that people are able to find all these different things but at the same time like especially yoga because I'm so passionate about it um god just I love what you just said actually like lower the barriers to accessing that um, and, and really Sanskrit for me is just a, a barrier even for me like if I go to a class and it's all Sanskrit I'd be like "What what's going on here I, don't, you know I, I'm not interested <laughs> yeah. just talk to me like I'm a an, you know an a English human being, human being <laughs> please like all respect for the language all respect for the history completely and that's a whole different conversation hmm. but dude like no <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean I'm sure it has its place but at the end of the day we are dealing with the general public etc especially like a group a class setting where you have yeah the general public just come out just literally walked off the street into a yoga class i i have no idea what uh, the certain names are for movements in sanskrit but if you tell me to put my arm here bend down or an english name so if someone was to say to me right get into a pigeon pose i kind of know a little bit how to get into that because it's more relevant to what i kind of know in regards to just you know exercise in general but if yeah. someone used like the sanskrit name for a movement i'd yeah i'm gonna be wasting time by asking you what to <laughs> what to get me to do
2: completely yeah and i think it's much easier to learn right if if i'm telling you to do a pigeon pose and you don't know what the hell to do i'll guide you and then the next time you're like oh yeah pigeon because you can relate to that word yeah. right it's not like you're having to learn a whole new language at the same time yeah anyway look it's it's um yeah i just big respect, respect like
0: but
1: but yeah nah
0: so what are you saying? that's a, that's gonna be another good ranker, isn't it? I think. Mean, right, so way. what we saying?
1: On the full scale. <laughs> nah, now my joking, Bill. Stop fucking um, the scale. I'm gonna to have to say, like, so I'm gonna put this into the perspective of just like um elitism and overcomplicating things. So to me, oh, this is a bloody hard one actually. This is really hard. Um it's also because I'm trying to remember that the scale is now back to front. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna say it's a thought. It does annoy me. It does annoy me. It doesn't anger me, but it does annoy me. Just, I'm trying to remember that for a lot of the people that are overcomplicating things. I've got to take into account some of these people are new. They've got a Dunning-Kruger effect, etc. Sometimes it isn't always necessarily their fault. It's just that they're ex- it's almost like they they think that they need to be this massive knowledge bomb. Um, so yeah, it's it's annoying, but. Yeah, I'm not going to fight into Mount Doom quite yet. I just went <laughs> like three different ways there, didn't I? Yeah, you're fucking...
0: You're yeah. of this it's ranking system. Like, right, we've got
1: one more to get through. We can make this. We you've can do well it. You've got job, Tom. Deal with
0: the ranking system and you've caused can complete enough carnage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone's going, what the fuck is going on?
0: But yeah, no, I, yeah mm-hmm. it doesn't annoy me that much. I like, annoy, annoy, Yeah, as you said, it doesn't annoy me to the point of anger because people, if they're new, they don't really know, do they? But it is, it is annoying like it would frustrate me and that's when you've got to, i think that's when the people who've got more experience have got to take responsibility of going look take us one side and go look maybe you need to you know and i understand you know this stuff but think you're talking to someone who doesn't know this stuff and you're potentially putting them off and if they take that on board that's great if they don't then they get mount doom you know as far as i'm concerned but you know i think yeah I, I think three uh yeah three four four i'll go 4
2: i'm really confused as to this scale is it me too yeah okay
0: so, d- d- four, four is basically... If we were going from one to ten and ten was the worst, four would obviously be the six, basically. Mm-hmm. So, that's, so, think of it that way. Obviously, Tom's just caused chaos by reverse. Why have
1: you done this, Tom? Why have you made it so complicated? I don't know. But we've got to go with it now. We have to, yeah. Stuck with it. We've only got,
2: we've got one go more, right?
1: What we could do is we can make a really... You, you, Bill, you can make a really awesome infographic on Instagram describing how we have changed the scale. And there could be a conversion chart as well. <laughs> you know, we can make it even more complicated. We could... We, we could even like put the Sanskrit translations on there brilliant perfect we could we could really ruin it
0: <laughs> the whole point of this podcast is to make health or fitness simple what we are doing, we just made it fucking complicated <laughs> for that yeah but that's the whole point of it
1: we're showing you how we could be dicks and raise the barrier <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and this is an example of what not to do <laughs>
0: So what? What's your final one, Chloe?
2: Okay, so I, I don't know if this one will be relevant again, but um, it is when a teacher will. So if I, I'm in a class and the teacher skips shavasana, which is the end um, relaxation, we call it corpse pose. So look, I've just I've just given you Sanskrit yeah, right there.
0: I know that it's um that's uh, called the rebound in Rombard. It's When you lay on the floor for like rebound. five minutes and do nothing.
1: Ah, yeah, look at yeah. Okay, <laughs> I
2: really like that the rebound. That's really yeah. nice. Yeah. So it's so. Um, there's a particular, so I've practiced online yoga for a long time. I've practiced yoga for like, I don't know, nearly 15 years. And, um, I've practiced online yoga for the most part in that time. And there's so many classes by big studios, big online studios that will say at the end, so you've, you've done this whole hour class or whatever. And then the teacher will say, and make sure to take at least a five minute corpse pose. See you later. And so I'm like, hold on. So, you're, you're telling me this is really important, which it is, right? You just you're spit. telling me it's really important. And then you just, you just fuck off. Like, what? <laughs> oh, I need to be guided. You need to guide me into this. If it's so important, if I'm supposed to take at least a half, uh, five minute shavasana, what are you doing? Leaving me to just kind of guess my way through it. So in in classes too, I just think like, you know, we go to a yoga class um to, I don't know, kind of step out of the, craziness of every day you know to stop doing and thinking and worrying and getting our head stuck in our to-do list stop overthinking right we get into our yoga practice to do that and actually the practice arguably the movement the handstands or the binds or whatever we're doing is kind of a prequel to that um rebound did you say bill i quite like that Yeah, rebound yeah to rebound And, and the rebound is actually it right that's when we can just press that big pause button in our crazy day and Recharge a bit and reset a bit and re- rebound. I really like that rebound. So when you don't include it or when it's like 30 seconds, nah, I'm just. It's not cool. It's kind of like the reason that we are all gathered here today. You know.
0: And it does, and it does feel amazing as well. Like after you've done all these poses, but some of them could be quite long and uncomfortable, perhaps when you get to that last sort of that laying down position, your whole body adjusting and you're like, oh, I feel amazing. You fall asleep sometimes. I mean, I nearly fall asleep sometimes.
2: Some. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, it's, you know, physically beneficial, mentally beneficial. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, we should do more of it, for God's sake, not less. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's specifically those classes, though, online that I like. And make sure you do your shavasana and then they just go. And I'm, it's just an, annoys me massively. Yeah, I think it's such an important part.
0: Yeah, I get it. I'm taking it from the point of if something's that important, then if, if your language is that, that just shows me that it's not important like i'd get the mm. i would think well you just you're saying do, just make sure you do it i'm going now so is, so is it important or not is it just like you're just saying it for the sake of so i can see why that's um i mean you could say is it laziness
2: maybe Potentially. i don't know whether it's airtime that's what i think there's one particular studio i'm not going to name their names but um they name them They do it. <laughs> oh, i don't know if i want to but they do oh, it they one. do it they do it every single class it's like they either they either skip it or they they recommend that you do it. But I'm going now, and I don't know if it's because they've got so many videos they don't want to you know take up bandwidth. I don't know if I don't know. It's really mm. strange. Oh, okay, I get I, what you I mean.
0: Yeah, it. maybe I don't.
2: It's not okay. It's not a good trade, man. You need to include Schpassner at least five minutes to an hour at least.
0: Mm. I th- um, yeah, I mean, I'd probably rank that. Yeah, especially in the in the context you gave of like they say I'll oh, make sure you do it. You know, make sure you get your corpse and they disappear. That's probably about a two for me on that. It's 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 not in Mount Doom. It's sort of, you know, when Frodo gets about halfway up and he's like, he's struggling. He's, he's that point he's like, <laughs> I, I can't go any further and Sam has to pick him up. That, that's probably where it's about there. Um, so it's nearly in there. But they've, it's sort yeah. of... It's, 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 it's,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, it's that moment, isn't it, where he's got to win. Why, why shouldn't I just leave the session now? <laughs> um, I'm so
2: pleased that we've got so many Lord of the Rings uh, analogies
1: know. in here. We, we can throw loads of reference in here. If I wouldn't known this was been going on, I would have, uh, you know, turned into a drinking game. <laughs> right uh but yeah i mean i'm gonna i'm actually gonna pretty much put on the same ranking as bill um i think a lot of it is this is this is where language is really important and people need to understand especially instructors need to understand the importance of language just the way they can structure their their instructions or what they say to people can actually have like a big effect afterwards so if they would said oh by the way, guys, if uh, you want to do this, you can, but it's not important, etc. fair enough. But when you actually say to someone, look, make sure, and you're putting that importance on something, make sure you do this, and then they walk off anyway, straight away you've left someone with the idea that, holy shit, I, I, I need to do this, but I don't know how to, because they've just buggered off. Do exactly. you know what I mean? So it's like they've placed that importance on something, but they just, They just they've just cut loose straight away. You know, to me, that's it's like when I when I do a class um, so I don't take people for a stretch off bill as you know mm-hmm. I say to people look if you if you want to stretch it's up to you if it's going to make you feel better go for it and I'll show you some stretches but you don't need to your cool down is basically going to be when you leave here and walk to your car basically if I was to say oh make sure you stretch off and I just walked off anyway into the staff room to have my coffee straight away I've left people bewildered wondering oh my god what's going to happen if I don't do it and he's <laughs> yeah. not even telling me how to do it in the first place so yeah language is bloody important
0: yes we finished we finished on that's keeping
1: um, t- on the edge of mount doom i like that that's a good um,
0: good pet peeve it was good i think i liked how we were able it just showed how everything's so relatable Like we managed to relate all different aspects of health into like similar it, stuff it
1: goes to show you, even though it's different methods or fitness are different modalities these pet peeves etc these same annoyances these same barriers they all still intertwine mm. i think you can say about anything really
0: Okay guys we'll move on to a bit more of a serious note now we'll see we'll see how it gets on anyway. So Chloe if my research proves me right you started yoga way back in 2006 um, and it was a way to supplement your surfing.
2: It was yeah.
0: <laughs> what I want to know is obviously you've taken yoga a lot more seriously since then but what I wanted to know before that is how is the surfing now?
2: Uh, Talk to me. Yeah, I've got to admit Bill it's not that great <laughs> but no no <laughs> so I suppose the whole thing came about because I, I really wanted to surf. I was only a teenager at the time and I was a bit overweight and I was really unfit and I hated like, you know, sports day at school was my absolute worst nightmare. Could I forget my kit? Could I get out of this somehow? Um, but I, I really wanted to surf and, and I was just, you know, I, I went a couple of times and I knew that I needed to do something. I tried running and I hated it. I tried like those stupid at home fitness classes and I hated them. Um, but then I saw this thing called yoga for surfers and I, I, yeah I just tried yoga for surfers and I got into it it was by a teacher called Peggy Hall she was amazing for me at the time and um and I guess suppose the rest is history and I I say that my surfing is shit but everything is easier like if I compare myself to back when I was 16-ish in 2006 god it seems ages ago doesn't it um (laughs) getting a wetsuit on was hard like carrying my board up and down a cliff was difficult paddling out was difficult popping up was difficult everything was difficult everything was like um say baggage you know like it's heavy and um challenging for me now it's not it's not like fine I don't surf enough as I should start a job and you'll start a, a company a business and you know all that kind of stuff like gets a bit left behind so it's my intention to do more next year but but yeah, everything is easier, everything. It's not just surfing as well, you know. It's like hiking and um, paddleboarding and, you know, everything. Tying my shoes, uh, getting up in the morning, everything is easier. I'm getting younger as I age because of the yoga that I'm practicing, right? So, yeah, I just need to surf a bit more. <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the thing with that, yeah.
0: But I mean, you've been doing it for a long time. So, like, if you do anything for, the, I mean, 15 years pretty much what you would be doing and if you do anything for that period of time you know you're gonna get you get pretty good at it and um so we always talk about people teaching from experience obviously which is something you i mean that's not even though you've got a lot of experience you actually went away did a qualification wasn't it um called blissology was it
2: yeah blissology
0: so now so now this sounds fucking mental right so you went to bali was it in 2016 <laughs> yeah and it was two hundred two hundred 200 hours of yoga
2: yeah yeah, well, mm. not just
0: so yoga. Like, t- you know, there's a bit of reading. I was <laughs> oh, re- Okay. We got to learn another language, haven't you? By the sounds of it. Yeah. Don't
1: want to see though classes. Uh, sorry, qualifications like yoga, etc. There was a lot. There was a lot of time invested into it. Mm. A lot more than what you do for like a generic fitness instructor or you PT. Can down a weekend, can't you? Yeah, I remember looking into it years ago, and yeah, like to to, to study yoga, it's yeah. you know, it takes a lot mm. of dedication.
0: Well, yeah, it took me I mean, 200 hours to get the certificate. I mean, talk, talk us through it, how that journey was. so You obviously had to go to leave the country.
2: <laughs> I did, yeah. And um, I don't know if any of your uh, listeners will get to see what I look like, but redheads in Bali, there's not many that can survive there, let me tell you that. And, and I say <laughs> that, there were there were two others on my course. Um, I think one was Canadian, one was British, but they were definitely more southern than me because I was too northern for Bali temperatures. I think I called my my boyfriend basically every day complaining about how hot I was, (laughs) but no, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And it was an incredible experience. And, um, Hey, the surfing was amazing. Um, so yeah, no, it was great. I, do you know what? 200 hours was really intimidating to me. And, and actually interestingly, that's when I started to train at the gym. I went to a pure gym and actually I didn't hate it. It was all right. Um, and maybe one day I'll go back. But, um, I think really it was the people and, the experience of understanding my practice more because I'd had quite a lot of um, mat time at that point, you know, I'd been practicing for, you know, I guess nearly 10 years and um, I understood like, you know, the kind of foundations of the practice but to dive into like how our bodies work in, in our yoga practice and um, how they should feel and I think that was a big takeaway for me is as my teacher Ian says, the Jedi who I mentioned earlier, <laughs> um, it's a feeling, not a shape. It's a feeling, not a shape. So although, you know, you can see yoga from an outside perspective and think it is practical shapes and it is climbing down the stairs like the exorcist and stuff. Um, <laughs> for sure. There are those elements of, um, the kind of party tricks, I guess, uh, in your yoga practice, but it's actually how you feel when you move and becoming more connected to, um, sensation, right? And, uh, moving accordingly. So anyway, that was kind of the gist of my, my time in Bali. Um, Ian Finn, my teacher, he's, yeah, he's amazing. I actually found him online about five years before I went to Bali, maybe a bit longer actually. And his yoga just spoke to me like other yoga teachers and other yoga practices didn't. So I just knew I had to do it. I had to do it but yeah Bali how was much, too how hot. much
0: was it like is it, did you have to like save up quite a while to sort of because i can't imagine it was cheap was it to do the whole thing obviously you have to fly there combination obviously living costs and then actually the course itself
2: yeah it was a lot was i can't like, remember how much but yeah a few grand yeah it was quite a lot so i was committed you know yeah. i was in at that mm-hmm. point because you can spend a lot less and i think you can you can do um weekend uh courses so you could you could just um like more local, you know, and you could do it over weekends for over a period of like a year or a year and a half or something. Um But yeah, the, the classes I'd, I'd been to at that point were boring. They didn't speak to me. They didn't inspire me in any way. They had that crappy music on in the background. And, and, and I was like, I can't, I can't just risk it on a cheaper course with a, a teacher that I don't necessarily know anything about. Right. So I, I knew I had to um, train with a guy that I, I was yeah i was feeling it i was it was my jam
1: it's an investment at the end of the day isn't it
2: yeah completely So
1: yeah you, you have to kind of do what feels kind of right etc yeah, of course yeah so yeah probably go down the cheap route you know yeah. back alley yoga and, PT and <laughs> <laughs> yeah so ago. to speak yeah <laughs>
0: well i want to quickly know a bit more about like, the structure of it so was it like five days a week and like what was the sort of what, how did the days look like when you on this was it quite a, quite a close-knit feel like you've yeah, yeah, with these people yeah. for a long time i imagine like,
2: yeah, it was I think I think total it was like five weeks and we had a week off in the middle. So so that's four weeks of every day studying every day. I think maybe we had an, an afternoon or a, a couple afternoons off a week. But so we would, um God, it was a long time ago. My memory's appalling, but from what I can remember, <laughs> we would get up early and we would practice and then we would um so it would be maybe an hour and a half of morning practice, and then we would sit and talk alignment or anatomy or uh you know, philosophy or Sanskrit, um, or Ayurveda, which is yoga, sister science, um, kind of a health system. We did some of that. And then we would, um, break for lunch and then we would do, um, actually, uh, Ian, and he still does this. He t- he's done it on Zoom. I've done some courses with him since COVID and he does these things that I absolutely hate called after lunch dance parties. So it's hot, right? You've eaten and you're a bit like, ugh, you know, a bit sluggish in the afternoon. So he, he like, gets everyone dancing and if there's one thing you should know about me is I like, I really, really hate dancing. But it was good for me, I've got a story to tell you. It was good for me because so I'm back in the corner like just please don't make me move here. I just can't I love music, but I can't no, dancing's not for me. And um at the studio we were in, right, it had this glass floor in the middle, and the glass floor um was hovering over a koi pond. So the whole thing, the whole um we call it a shala, like the yoga studio was I don't know, like Um, two foot raised above this koi pond glass floor in the middle and um, uh, one of my friends Rebecca she was dancing right in the middle on this glass floor this is the reason guys you don't dance the glass floor shattered she fell through it and had to have I think 120 stitches in Bali
0: oh my my (laughs) gosh yeah it was
2: it's pretty wild and that was like week one
1: was that? Was that the funny story? Was it? Was... I was going to say like it <laughs> oh, actually sounded almost majestic until the glass shattered. Like I love with koi fish. That sounds awesome. And, oh Jesus! Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> brutal. expecting that.
2: Yeah. So it we took it. we took a we took a few days to like deal with that because it was pretty harrowing. Um, she's fine. She's all right. Um, she's good now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's why I don't dance in a word but no um so yeah we would study and we would practice and we'd study and we'd practice and you know that was kind of it it was it was hardcore we did a lot of yoga maybe four hours a day some days and um yeah, a lot of studies and uh yeah it was full on but we got that week off in the middle so it was great i just surfed for, for seven days it was amazing
1: that does sound that's cool. awesome yeah. that was like a really that, good that experience that that's, it, that's yeah. living the dream <laughs> mm. yeah me, I step out of work straight into London smog, traffic. I mean, yeah, there's a Nando's just outside my work, but I'd I'd I'd, I'd rather have the you know the koi pond under the floor minus the shattering glass. Yeah,
2: minus the glass. No, no that
1: yeah. sounds cool. Minus the glass. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, that it sounds like a really good experience. Obviously, you, you learn a lot from that and then you used it going forward. If we re- rewind a little bit, kind of, what was it that kind of got you to take the the plunge? Obviously, to then. Do that course and then actually start, you know, the yoga revolution as it as it's called, and like take some yeah. there's Level, like talk talk through that. Like, what, what was your background before and stuff? Like, where, where did you come from before? And-
2: well, honestly, I um, I remember the first day that I decided I wanted to teach, and I, so I went to Cardiff University and I studied marine geography and. Um, what was great at the time, I'm sure it still is, the Ocean and Earth Sciences building is like the main building of Cardiff. So it's like this hundred year old building, grand, massive gates. And I was heading to lecture or, or the library or something. And it was morning. So I'd done my morning yoga practice with Ian online. And, uh, I was walking through like these gates. I was on the phone to my mom and I said to her, Hey, mom, I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe I should teach yoga. I think I'd been to like a, an in person class maybe the week before or something and it was crap. So bad. It was so uninspiring. Um, you know I'm sure the teacher was super lovely and whatever but it just wasn't my jam at all and and I was just like I had this idea I just want to be able to do this I want to teach because there's there's yoga out there that needs help <laughs> you know I need to be able to teach the yoga classes I want to go to because I'm sure I'm not alone and I was saying this on the phone to my mom and she and I was in my second year of uni and she was like hey Chloe maybe just you know finish your degree first <laughs> finish your degree and maybe have a think (laughs) about it. I know. Yeah. Thanks mom. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Okay. uh, Good idea. And so that was that. Um, That was my second year of uni. I went to New Zealand for a year. um, And again, I was on a work placement. I didn't work. I just surfed. It was amazing. Finished my degree and I was panicking. Like I hadn't, I hadn't got my teacher training yet. So I took a job for the money. I was working offshore as a junior hydrographic surveyor. Hated every, every part of that job. It was Awful. Sounds well paid. It was well. I took it for the money, yeah, and I'll never do that again. <laughs> it, but it, it was horrendous, and um, and yeah, I, I was on I was on one of the ships, and we had like a little bit of Wi Fi, just a little bit of the day, and so I was there like writing this email to my mum saying I'm going to quit this job and and do my yoga teacher training, and um, but can you pay for it on my credit card that I've left at home? And uh, she was like, Yeah, 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 sure. So the day came that she needed to pay for it, I was still offshore. And she didn't, and she was like, I just don't think it's right, Chloe. Don't quit your job. And I was like, no. And I don't think I spoke to her for a good time. Anyway, so to cut a long story short, I met a guy, quit my job. Um, got a job in marketing, <laughs> as you got do. made redundant. <laughs> yeah, completely, always. Um, yeah, got a job in marketing in Leeds, um, got made redundant from that, convinced them to keep me as an office manager, got made redundant from that, and I was like, okay two redundancies in the space of like 3 months. I've got to get I've got to go and do my yoga teacher training. So, yeah, I did and and I was trying to build another company at the time called Milk and Honey, which was a employee engagement consultancy because, you know, I'd worked in corporate and for me, those offices are like where plants and souls go to die, you know? And uh
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And I was like I need to make the world a brighter place, man. I can't allow this crap to keep on happening. It was awful. So I was in, and I still have my notebook to this day. I was in Bali doing my teacher training and I was writing all these notes about like employee engagement and stuff. I even found a, um, what's it called? Uh, spirituality at work or something. Um, and it was kind of a spiritual aspect of employee engagement. I was like, brilliant. That was in the gift shop at the studio that I was saying it. I was like, it's a sign, it's a sign. And uh, and yeah, I was writing all these notes and I was like, yeah, teacher training, whatever, but let me work on my business a bit. And um, i came home started teaching within six months i had 25 people in the class like queues out the door and i was like oh man maybe i should just quit this stupid business it's not working at all and just continue teaching because this is clearly working and yeah the rest is history that was five years ago
1: mm, that's awesome i
0: mean things are, you know, a nice bit some people think it's a bit like spiritual disturb you know things happen for a reason um, and that sounds like a lot of things that have kind of just happened in a way. And uh, yeah, it's obviously, it's fallen, it's fallen the right way.
1: But but sometimes it is ironic how certain things just happen. Mm. Like, you know, I'm a man of science, but at the end of the day, there are eerie things where it's just like, you know, it's almost like it's just kind of meant to be. These things yeah. do happen sometimes. It is yeah. what it is. <laughs> you know, in 10 years time,
0: Tom, you know, we might all be doing yoga and you'll be able to
1: deadlift more than 60 kilos. Yeah, right. I'll tell you <laughs> what, mate, I'm getting sick of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, no. God, no. we'll see who's laughing when i'm actually able to go down the stairs like the exorcist
0: yeah yeah then. that'll be our challenge at next year is who could be the most flexible
1: i'll come for you in the night <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no it sounds good like obviously you had things going on it's not like you just cut off and left you still had things kind of going on but i mean how did you actually like with the learning process etc with the with the education at the time, like uh, the course she was doing, etc. How How did you actually find it?
2: The yoga teacher training?
1: Yes, sorry, yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And I think the the main thing that I've taken away from it is um, sustainability, right? How can we move in our yoga practice in sustainable ways? Because I think so often it's like, all oh, right, just work and work and work on getting your foot behind your head, you know, yeah. or getting your head to your shin or, um, I don't know, headstands or whatever. Like, just work on it no matter what, just get it done, get it done, get it done, keep working, keep working. And one day your foot will be behind your head. Both of them brilliant party trick nailed, but actually it's surprising how many hip replacements happen in the yoga industry. You know, it's not, it's not, I'm not interested in it. And I think I, I remember being in a gym once actually, and, uh, it was like a Rocco gym or something. And I was, it's a long story, but I was living in a van at the time and, um, and I had nowhere to practice yoga. So I went into the gym and I was just in the middle of the gym floor. You know where there's mats and stuff. And I was practicing yoga, I had these headphones on and I was going for it. And uh, there's this pose called, I suppose it's a king pigeon pose, right? So you're in pigeon pose. So it's a hip opener. Um, you're quite low to the ground. And uh, your back leg is extended backwards, right? And you bend the leg, reach uh, a hand back and grab the foot it's i don't know oh my god. it's oh yeah I
1: think it's yeah, yeah i'm
0: picturing it in my head I, yeah. I know exactly what this looks like this out there yeah, this yeah. is intense yeah. yeah
2: and uh so i don't know if i was i was in a class or i was freestyling or something and i was like yeah i'm gonna go for it i'm going for it and do you know what i was being watched by quite quite a lot of people and it was early in my yoga teaching career and i had So a now ego. you
1: had to do it <laughs> oh
2: my god yes i did i did All I, eyes to, on I was you, like <laughs> just i just gotta go for it and something happened when i did that that caused me pain for about two years yeah and uh so you know what that was a good lesson for me because i haven't done that post since probably never will and and i and i think what my teacher training was really about and what ian is really about and what i love about it is sustainability i don't want us to move for movement safe i don't want us to to grab the foot just because we can or get a foot behind our head because it's cool to look at and it impresses people it's no it's not i'm not
1: interested in it it's just about slowly building it back. It's just like exercise in general. It's about small increments, slowly building it up over time, sustainable. Yeah.
0: There's like so many parallels here. Like yeah, we talk about is. doing too much too soon or like you'll say yeah. you do it because you can. I wouldn't go into the gym and do a one-hour deadlift every session just because I know I can because that's not sustainable. I'll end up hurting myself. The same with you. Just because you might know you can do a pose doesn't mean you do it every session. Yeah, that's a good point. It's about being really progressive. Really, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a journey. Whatever you're like doing it. health wise, it's a journey. It's not, you know.
1: Just, I'm just going to repeat what Bill basically said. But yeah, I mean, like uh, when we think about, once again, we're coming at this from the context of cavemen here. So you know, picking up a, a barbell, I wouldn't get someone completely new to just come into the gym and pick up a hundred kilos. I mean, they might surprise me, but I wouldn't get them to do too much too soon, so to speak, as Bill said. However, in regards to with yoga. Same kind of principles apply in the, the day. Things like flexibility and mobility is still something where you need to kind of do what you have a capacity to do. So it wouldn't take someone completely new and try and get them to have their head, their foot behind their head. But over time, they might be able to get there if that's what they want to do. I mean, I'm tempted to try it. Bill, are you tempted to try it? Are we Not doing right this? I don't think we are. Is, is this big? I know you've been doing some competitions, Bill, but how supple are you feeling? I'm
0: pretty sore. A bit tight yeah? today, I'm being honest. Yeah. Bit tight today.
1: I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've literally tried to lift my leg up to my hip, and I can't even do that. So yeah, let's chin that <laughs> off. <laughs> one that. day. Love that. One day. One, one day. day.
0: <laughs> Chloe, I want to get more specifically into uh, your yoga revolution. Then, so what I really want to know is kind of like, what is it about your like your approach that kind of makes you unique in the yoga space? And I've alluded to a few different points throughout the episode, but if you were to sum it up now, what makes you unique compared? Because there's obviously other yoga studios out there, but I know you you take quite a lot of pride in being different from a lot of the others.
2: Yeah, completely. And I think um, it's kind of what I mentioned earlier, right? I went to in-person classes and got nothing from them. They were either way too spiritual and way too over my head. And, you know, like I mentioned, the Sanskrit thing, it was too much, too much and, and completely alienated me. Or it was the other end of the spectrum, just stretch and breathe and whatever. And for me, I was like, there needs to be a middle ground where we connect to something bigger than ourselves, but also where we have a good time, you know? So the Yoga Revolution is about, I suppose lowering the bar to entry, I think something you mentioned, Tom. Like, I want more people to be able to practice yoga and have more fun while doing it. So that's why my playlist is so eccentric. You know, that's why sometimes I swear in class or I mess up and it's okay. I think I'm bringing personality to yoga and accessibility. There isn't and-
1: a script.
2: No, exactly. And do you know what? That's another yeah. pet peeve is, is people... Especially poetry. I'm not a poetry fan reading poetry in Shavasana at the end off a thing. And it's like,
0: <laughs> Oh, <wow>. oh <laughs> I'm
2: not, nah, not into that. And so, yeah, the yoga revolution is kind of yoga with a personality. And I say that, um, actually with all the heaviness that it comes with, because there's so much yoga that's, um, and no disrespect to any other yoga teacher, you know, but it can be very boring and it can be quite uninspiring and look put some music on have a laugh connect to people especially online like we had a studio in york and i want to replicate that that in-person um connectivity that we had there i want to replicate that online so connect to people connect to your teachers feel better for god's sake use your yoga practice step on your mat to feel better there's nothing else so that's that's kind of where we're at Jimi hendrix and feeling better
0: (laughs) yeah i like that it's awesome Mm. Sounds interesting. What what would you say your hopes are for the future going forward? Like the next, what you know, one to five years? Like where where do you see things going?
2: Yeah. Well, of course, I want to grow the Yoga Revolution. I want to grow it and continue um, the conversations about yoga being kind of too boxed in and too static. I want to kind of expand that and kind of disrupt it a bit more, you know, and continue to create more of a connection online with strangers, you know when you practice online it can be very alone you can you can feel very alone for sure and, and i think i just want to continue making it more connected and more joyful and you know more accessible and push the boundaries a bit of, of what yoga and certainly online yoga looks like and sounds like you know
0: you know Chloe, i think would be great uh, a yoga festival where it's just you on the stage two massive speakers big jimmy just playing out of them and just like hundreds of people in front of you just doing pigeon
2: I'm so into that. It's gonna happen, man.
1: That'd be that'd be pretty cool. And no koi within a two-mile <laughs> radius. No yeah.
2: koi. No, I've got a phobia of koi. Yeah. No glass floors. For no God's dance sake. parties. Yeah. No yeah. dance parties. The only festival no. with no dancing. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that.
0: So we've got a uh, we've got a couple of secret questions for you, Chloe. This is oh, yeah. our favourite part of the show. Simply because we get, you know, the raw and honest feedback. I mean, sometimes it'll go wrong and I'll just have to edit it out. That's absolutely fine. You know, these things, these things happen. Um, I've got a two-parter, essentially. Um, one of them I've already alluded to, uh, but one of them is an action thing. So I've noticed you've got a yoga mat behind you there, Chloe. Oh,
2: don't <laughs> make me do anything. I do, yeah.
0: So uh, the, question, the question is, have you heard of the phrase turning turning oneself into a pretzel? Uh, I'm I pretty s- sure I alluded to this. <laughs> you did allude to this, yeah, the, the, the whole pretzel thing. I just want uh, to see how flexible you are, really, if I'm being honest. Can you demonstrate right. something? Can you demonstrate, that? like, a, what's the wackiest pose you can think of right now that doesn't yeah. require much to get into it? Like, a really wacky yoga pose that like, people will be like, what the fuck is that?"
2: Um, is this videoed?
0: Yeah, this is videoed. Of course <laughs> it is, yeah. Oh,
2: for God's sake. Okay, well, I have to connect, disconnect myself. Hold on. Let me think of something. All right, well, I don't know if I'm warm enough, but let me see. It's a good job I'm wearing uh, yoga pants, isn't it? <laughs> I
0: don't know if you'll be <laughs> that, able Yeah, to that see is this. a point. <laughs> Here we go. We're getting right. that live one. This is the yoga revolution. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, I Here
1: we it. go. Oh wow. Oh my god, it's like a what? Oh, okay, a flamingo. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, I've seen bloody Hannah trying to do that.
0: That's some serious. Not with one ability. leg though. Nice.
1: I'm not super impressive. What?
0: Yeah, the one leg over the top as well.
1: Like that takes a lot of like in the hip in the hip as well. That's hip. impressive. Yeah.
2: That's why getting into a wetsuit is so much easier.
1: <laughs> it's it's funny you actually showed us that because one of uh, Bill's staff members has recently been doing that 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 particular pose on Instagram. So yeah, that was quite interesting. In fact she did it Bill where she you know, I'm not gonna mention Hannah's name because I don't want to embarrass her. You know. <laughs> but she did roly poly into her into her bookshelf. Did you see that, Bill? I've not seen that yet, no. Yep, no she tried stories, to do it? that and she fell forward and rolly polied into her bookshelf. <laughs> no, i owe her I that recommend. to be fair for their shit talking <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to send her your way uh, chloe yeah yeah Ace that she's, she's clearly tried to do it <laughs> just not- do you know what admittedly i've when i saw her doing that i uh, when i saw hannah doing that before i was tempted to kind of try it as well so now you've done it as well chloe you know what we were saying earlier how like it's just a sign i need do to do it you know there's two people yeah. in the space you, the way. i'm not gonna do it now you made, on that, camera. you made
0: that look very easy though from being honest like that that looked very I mean I'd probably fall at the first hurdle even if trying to get
1: my hands yeah. I'd just lose my, I'd probably snap my wrists uh, face yeah, into well, the face this into is the mat. thing
2: though isn't it I couldn't lift 60 kilos Tom so don't feel bad
1: yeah do you know what this right we have to nip this in the bud this is an inside joke I can lift more than 60 kilos I don't know where this <laughs> came from Bill you shit <laughs> even my mum the other day said to me so what's this about you only lifting 60 kilos <laughs> I'm like cheers mum she's like <laughs> you're a disappointment to the family and I was like yeah cheers mum
0: Mm-hmm. And I get you bit, so obviously that what you've done there, Chloe is like that's not day one, week one of yoga practices. Obviously that's like you've been doing it for years and years.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you can get there pretty quick if you're if you're if that's your yeah. aim, but I recommend not to. It's I mean it's it's showy, right? It's like party trick fun, but um what's the point, really? You know? And I think mm-hmm. I think um what's really interesting for me is those kind of poses. Uh so you know um arm balances or binds or handstands even those kind of things like the more that you practice the like vanilla yoga the easier those crazy poses become and um, so you'll you'll see something one day like that pose or whatever and you'll be like oh I might try that if you've got strong wrists if you've got strong shoulders if you've got open hips then there's no reason why that shouldn't come fairly easy to you and all of a sudden it just happens the more vanilla stuff you practice the easier the Multicolored stuff becomes
0: <laughs> you've just listed everything that i've got weak of weak wrists weak shoulders tight hips
2: weak shoulders what i thought you were into crossfit
0: yeah, well, I can, yeah i can handstand walk but like probably not with the control that if i was to do that in yoga poses i'd probably have very good control with my handstand walk opposed to just mm. like
1: just i was gonna say down. i don't need to do like handstand
0: walks and all that, yeah, but silliness. that, that yeah, but that's, yeah that's with the momentum you're using a lot of momentum there Fair aren't
2: you? there's not much control in crossfit though right
0: I can't I can't do a static right you listen here Chloe right? you can't, you can't sta- there's no static let's just to my let's,
1: let's ambush him together.
0: Right. I'll move on to my second uh, secret about your question now, Chloe. And basically what I know is if we were to if I was to pay for Tom to get a year's sort of yoga tuition by yourself, do we reckon we could get maybe five, ten kilos on his deadlift? Is that do you reckon that's possible or do you reckon yeah, he's too he's sense. too far gone now? Is a- <laughs> Tom's just quit the podcast. <laughs>
2: No, I was going to say, what's really interesting and something that I um, need to work on. And so yoga, there's not much pulling. In fact, there's not any kind of pulling action. There's a lot of pushing and weight bearing and stuff. But, you know, I I would always recommend, and I'm trying to speak to myself here too, to, you know, find multiple disciplines um, of movement to kind of keep you sustainable, I suppose. And um, to keep you, uh, yeah... Kind of more rounded and more well rounded and balanced. Ba- so, more balanced yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to improve your, your deadlift capacity, Tom. Is
0: that really? just a nice way if you just played that a really nice way of saying he's <laughs> lost cause and there's absolutely nothing that no one could do for him in a nice way. I mean, mate.
2: yeah, I've seen them them biceps. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. That's a weird
0: Context small arms. <laughs> <laughs> I love this roofless, no mercy.
1: But yeah, pulling's a, a weird one, isn't it? Because with pulling you need some form of equipment. I have this bloody yeah. problem with with or a tree. The, yeah, or a tree, or do you know what? Um, even a door frame, there is a way you can manipulate your body to do door frame po- uh, rows. It looks really weird. Your partner, parents, whoever you live with, will wonder what the heck you're doing, and they will have a gut you for in a door frame. But yeah, it's it's a bit of a hard one because we can we can just we can push, we can squat we can even do like hip thrusts on the floor but I mean pulling is that one bloody movement where you need some kind of equipment or something to hold onto Mm -hmm. bloody nightmare we weren't I I think we as humans we weren't designed to pull so we shouldn't pull
2: solved (laughs) next (laughs) question (laughs) like a statement yeah (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) what have you got Tom um so, usually these are supposed to be funny questions, but every now and again, like, I, I do throw out a serious one because something kind of catches me during the episode. And so I'm going to ask you a serious one. And it kind of goes into what you said with like the whole Sanskrit thing, etc. And we talk about elitism and loving the barriers as well. Now, in regards to yoga in particular, do you find that there's a lot of gatekeeping in that kind of... Uh, like exercise is very tribal but in regards to yoga in that tribe do you think there's a lot of gatekeeping so what i mean by that is do you find that there are certain instructors or tutors where they almost actively place a barrier by saying oh no no you shouldn't be teaching that unless you x y said you know like yeah. saying oh no you shouldn't teach this unless you learn in this place or you should no you shouldn't do that basically just placing barriers in front of people for silly reasons
2: it's interesting actually that you say that there's um an enormous amount of ego in the yoga world which is interesting because um you would think the opposite uh yeah just off topic slightly i was um i ha- I, I was using a, a yoga and gym software called mind body for a long time and i had weekly i'm oh, sorry monthly uh tutorial like calls with um a lady from there she was super helpful and amazing and she always said to me when i left she was like every yoga teacher we speak to is a nightmare every single one chloe except you like our nail technicians that we speak to that use our software, at the gyms, they're all amazing, but the yoga teachers are a nightmare. And so I think it's, it's really interesting. I found something similar. I mean, I'm blessed with some incredible teachers that I know and, um, Good. you know, so blessed, but yeah, there's a lot of discord within the yoga teaching community mm. uh, massively about God every basically everything and how things should be taught and how, um, yeah. Alignment should be taught and how poses and oh, well, sequences the highway. Should be completely. There is a lot of that. Yeah. Um for instance, like it's, it's a really interesting one. I'd love to know what you guys think. That if you can't do this pose, if you can't do this thing, then you shouldn't teach it. From my perspective, I think, you know, uh for instance handstands, I suck at handstands, I can teach a good handstand though, you know? And I think for me it's like if you have the principles there, if you understand the dynamics. The load and the alignment structure, then why shouldn't you? Just because I can't do it myself. I think that's really interesting. And, but you know, regardless of what you guys say, I think it's the yoga world can really jump on that and can be quite berating and quite kind of callous about things like that for sure. It's really interesting because you think it would be the opposite.
1: Yeah i mean once again as bill said earlier there's parallels here in regards to our part our side of the industry as well and it's pretty much the same thing there's plenty of gatekeeping like oh we should not be able to teach people this exercise unless we're taken a course by this one magician you know or we should <laughs> be able to use this piece of equipment because we need to be certified by this person and their way is the right way so we you know we can't teach without um I th- look I do think it's important to have experience in the things we teach but it also comes down to so one of the examples is and this causes a hell of a lot of flack this conversation but like can a PT be overweight and still teach PT and it's like yeah I think they can of course they can so at the end of the day you're not your service isn't to be slim for someone your service is to impart knowledge to someone. You That's know? such
2: an interesting conversation that I'm so yeah. behind that because I'm you know I think in the yoga world there's so many um if, if you go to like popular yoga channels on YouTube or um you know even paid studios like mine you're gonna see a lot of women who look like models who are, aren't wearing very many clothes and like go you that's amazing but um f- for me what a, what another barrier to entry is that I don't look like that and I'm going to say 95% of my clients don't look like that. Um mm. and I think for me, for it, you know in my future there's I'm going to get a PT one day when I, you know, when I feel like it, I guess. I don't know. I'm definitely feeling like I need to, you know, hang off bars and whatever at some point in my future. And if I was able to get a PT who looked who who wasn't, um, I don't want to say do you know what i mean if if i was to get a, especially a female pt who wasn't completely ripped i'd be excited about that
1: yeah because you can it. relate more to that person completely yeah only yeah. thing i'd say tom
0: is like caveat to that in your situation because it's a bit different like the yoga stuff but in like a pt world the reason that gets a lot of flack saying that people like, for example you said overweight doing pt is it the PT industry is a very, very salesy industry in a way. Yeah. marketing oh, heavy. Yeah. So when you're in a gym and people look are looking the for anyone, they are looking for someone like, right, I want to look like that. If they look like that, they can make me look like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, and that's, that's but isn't that interesting,
2: interesting in, in itself, though, that, that, that people yeah, are going yeah, after is, yeah. the aesthetic? It's like, I'm not, I'm not interested in working out or going to the gym because it's going to be good for my mental health or my physical health. I just want to look
1: amazing.
0: Yeah no that's it but at the end of the day people have got to make money haven't they so they they, they get very Completely. conscious about that it
1: is exactly that and especially to the general public at the end of the day you're like a face-to-face salesman or saleswoman so they, they expect you to kind of look the part but let's look at the kind of coaches that train pro sports teams and usually it's like a middle-aged uh, fat man that sits on like a little fold-out chair cool. <laughs> and what they're if, training do you yeah, John Candy, <laughs> God bless him. I, mean, I don't want to put my hand on my heart I'm taking this really seriously. God, John Candy, we miss you. But I mean, um, honest Amazing. to God, like you look at sports coaches and they're training top tier, high level 1% athletes, but they're not ripped, you know. But suddenly the general population PT has to be. Isn't it weird? But it's like sometimes, now don't get me wrong, second caveat to what you said, Bill. It is good to kind of... Tr- get your own anecdotal experience as well. So for example, I would encourage the people at my gym to squat or do the main movements, learn how to hinge. Now I'm not going to say to someone, if you can't squat for whatever reason, or you don't like squatting, that's fine, but you can still teach it. But I would still suggest you learn because sometimes you just have to do something to understand it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to do something to understand it. So for example, with surfing, Chloe, if I never went onto a surfboard ever, I would not be able to expect to teach someone how to surf. You yeah, just gotta feel it.
2: You gotta feel it, yeah. So no, I agree yes. with that. I agree with that. I think but um, I don't know, if we take the handstand for instance that I suck at, um, it's not like I'm you know, I teach a practice that's so wildly away from handstand. It's not like I've never done a handstand in my entire life. Like I've done plenty of handstands in my life. The fact that I can't hold it doesn't mean that I can't teach you how to hold it you know I, th- I think that's a really but either way you know i think there's when oftentimes when di- um, yoga teachers disagree it can be quite fiery you know and quite
0: yeah
1: really
2: yeah explosive
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. usually it's I handbags in the pt industry so yeah <laughs> big
0: personalities clashing
1: mm. yeah totally and sometimes people just as humans we just hate to say oh maybe i'm wrong maybe you're right
0: yeah, completely.
1: Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
2: Completely. Ego is a right? You
1: know? Yeah, Egos, yeah. Be- and so we're in the industry which, let's be honest, is mostly run on ego. <laughs> have you got any more questions, Tom?
0: Or you have you uh, was that your No,
1: that was my main one. And I'm um, Yeah, as well. I-, I wanna say I'm glad to see that it's not just our industry suffering from like things like gatekeeping, etc. But I'm not glad. Obviously it's an awful situation we find ourselves in. But it does make me feel a bit more you know, well at least we're all on the sinking ship. No, that's terrible. What I want to say (laughs) is, at least there's other people like yourself, Chloe, that in this, you know, another part of the industry that also recognises these problems and wants to do what they can to kind of combat it and to lower the barriers. So, yeah, looking at a positive uh, point of view, no, good.
2: We should all be open to to learning new stuff, right? I've actually listened to one of your podcasts before, you know. I think, did you ask a PT what he's changed his mind on in the past 12 months or something that was a really interesting one i love that because you know it just shows you're continuously continuously learning and and providing the best experience for your clients right Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah absolutely 100 percent. at the end of the day what we do all of us is inherently linked to science at the end of the day and science is an ever-changing thing you know it's it's not static you know today's myths might be tomorrow's facts and vice versa Mm. So, we have to just kind of go with the role and go with what the current evidence suggests on a lot of things. And currently, it's that we should all be doing yoga to be. Yeah,
2: well, I was going to yeah. say, have I convinced you guys
1: or what? I think it sounds great. I mean, yeah. I'll be honest with you, I was already convinced beforehand. Yeah, so yeah I've got I, issues with yoga. Yeah. At the gym I work at, um, I I tend to do like a, a, a boot camp and I do the workshops that no one ever turns up for anyway. <laughs> um, but people kind of see me as the, once again, the caveman, pick things up, put things down. And one of the guys that is a regular for my boot camp said to me, I want to do more classes. Oh, but I saw there was a yoga class, but you know, I don't think that's really any good for me, is it? And I, I told him straight, I said, what, why well, I asked him, I said, why would you think, why'd you think that then? And he said, you know, I think, isn't it a bit namby pamby? And I said, no, not at all. Not at all. It's one of those things where you, you don't know how tough it is until you kind of do it. I mean, Do you know what? There's this common misconception in regards to, like, what is health and what is fitness, and people just think, oh, it's the aesthetic, or even strength, just strength, or actual health in in, in a physiological sense. I mean, look, I've got it here. The current definition of health, as the Who states, is health is the state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of diseases or infirmity. Now, when we take into things like yoga, et cetera, all these other components of health, such as, you know, mental and social well-being, yoga is, yoga is awesome for stuff like that. But even then on the physiological side, yoga is something you can progress at. Well, absolutely. I mean, Fucking look at that pose yeah. you did earlier. Well, yeah, I can't do you that. Know. Yeah. What is one of the major you know risks as we get older, falling down and not being able to get back up? Completely. Look what you just did with, you know, two hands there Completely. and one leg out. Yeah, if you're not sold on yoga by the end of this episode, you, you should be, simple as.
2: I agree completely simple well, as. I would, wouldn't I? But I, I, I think
1: yeah. you know,
2: it's, 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 it's those folks who are like, oh, it's just stretching, isn't it? It's just stretching and old ladies do it. And I think, yeah, old ladies do do yoga, uh, but it ain't just stretching. It is really, really not. Because if we were just stretching, can you imagine? It would be chaos. Yeah. So, yeah, I just if I can do anything in this episode, it would be to let people know that yoga isn't stretching, just stretching, yoga is cardio, yoga is strength, yoga is power and flight. And
1: Yoga is exercise.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it can make you feel way better than you do right now. I'm putting that yeah. out there, it really can That's right.
1: A hundred percent
2: don't know how people cope without it, honestly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll, have, um,
0: we'll have links to all your stuff down in the uh, show notes, close, so people can sort of like find you online that. But kind of where, where if you were to say now, uh, for the people who just don't bother to read the show notes, where can uh, where can people find you to sort of get involved with this uh, yoga revolution?
2: Sure. Well, my website is theyogarevolution.co.uk. I'm on Instagram at the.yoga.revolution. And uh, Facebook is forward slash theyogarev. And um, I actually have um, a Feel Better Club that is free. Um, and we have a Facebook group and I go live every week, um, to, to do like mindfulness stuff. And as a, at the moment, it's a monthly class you can get free as well with me. Um, you know, again, to just give people yoga to help you feel better, no price point involved in that, you know, get some yoga, get some mindfulness and learn what it's like to practice an easygoing style of yoga, just to feel better. You know, that's all it is. That's all I'm here for to help people feel better.
1: Can I just quickly add something to the previous conversation we had as well? So this, in fact, no, this whole podcast, we've spoken about wanting to lower the barriers to exercise. And when we take into consideration everything that's happened in the past, well, what, nearly two years now with lockdowns, etc., access to gyms shutting down, yoga is very accessible. Despite some of the gatekeepers, yoga is very accessible. You don't need much equipment, if any, at all. You could do it in the privacy of your own home. It is something you could take up in your living room tomorrow. It's very accessible. So when we talk about lowering the barriers to exercise, it's there. It's achievable. You know, if you don't finish work till late in the evening and you don't feel safe running in the dark or you can't afford a gym membership, et cetera, yoga is a a low-hanging fruit to pick in regards to exercise in general.
2: Completely. You don't need stuff for it. It's got loads of benefits. Completely. And you can go on big yoga websites and you can spend hundreds of pounds on yoga mats and blocks and props and straps and eye pillows and all that good stuff. And I'm not saying that there isn't a place for all of that. There really is. But all you need is a, a crappy mat from TK Maxx to get started, you know. And if, if you need a block, use a good Harry Potter book, you know. Or a hardback Lord of the Rings. Let's keep it on topic. A brick. <laughs> yeah, anything. Yeah. Anything. A use brick a and some
1: tarpaulin from Wicks. <laughs> yeah
2: all you need it is all you need you don't need anything else in fact my uncle practices with me and he i just found out the other day he practices on a towel um so i bought him a yoga mat for his birthday so you know you don't you don't need even a mat you know it's just i think a different way especially for you guys of um and people who are into crossfit and weightlifting and stuff i think it's such a good way to balance all that out like for me i think i need to do weightlifting you know that's the way to balance me out but yeah it's it's such a powerful magical magical practice definitely
1: no it sounds it I, i'm sold yeah <laughs> i'm sold i, I think I, I think on that note we'll uh, we'll, we'll leave it there
0: well, yeah thanks
2: for having me on guys no it's been appreciate awesome it. thank you chloe thanks guys appreciate it it's been awesome
0: let's do some yoga for a bit jimmy hendrix That's what i want to do next
1: yoga on yeah hendrix lord of the rings marathon we'll miss yes. out the hobbit and uh <laughs> yeah straight into yoga i like, well it. For I like that. it and also avoid any koi yeah
2: and that's yeah, my dream that's weekend bit, no koi yeah.
1: no lord of the rings and yoga
0: it's my dream <laughs> yeah. and no
2: dancing <laughs> oh, no dancing
0: yeah no dancing <laughs> <laughs> uh, been a pleasure as always uh, guys uh, i'll speak to you again very soon see you later see you
2: later
0: as always thanks for listening and thanks again to chloe for coming on and enlightening us to the fantastic world of yoga and really letting us all know that it's not just about whale music and spiritual poems If you did enjoy that episode we'd really appreciate it if you stick around and perhaps subscribe slash follow and while you're over there check out the rest of the back catalogue as well as as of now we've got a pretty large one covering loads of different topics including an exploration of diets, looking at the effectiveness of different recovery methods, debunking common myths in the health and fitness industry and more recently taking a closer look at the world of health supplementation. So yeah loads to get into and hopefully you'll join us again soon. So yeah we'll see you next week same time same place for a brand new episode. See you soon.